0: My beautiful listeners, how are you? It is me, Bianca Zupas, the host of What Your Mama Went Through. It's been a while, hasn't it? I haven't spoken to you since about the 15th of August. That was very specific, wasn't it? I just checked on Spotify when I last released an episode. That was around the time we had just finished our second embryo transfer. I'm back we are in the midst of doing another embryo transfer at the moment, but this episode is not about that. This episode is all about endometriosis. So let's get into it, shall we? Okay, welcome to the episode all about endometriosis. If you are someone who thinks they might have endometriosis or you're currently struggling with endometriosis or you have no idea what endometriosis is, welcome. It's a big word, isn't it? Endometriosis. It sounds a little bit scary. It's is not. (laughs) It's very painful, but let me just tell you the Google definition of endometriosis. It is a disease in which tissue, similar to the lining of the uterus, grows outside the uterus. It can cause severe pain in the pelvis and make it harder to get pregnant. Endometriosis can start at a person's first menstrual period and last until menopause. Why are we talking about endometriosis today? Well, one in seven women are diagnosed with endometriosis in Australia and I am one of those seven women and these are new studies actually it was one in nine but only recently just last week actually endometriosis australia released uh, a big story about the change in the statistics and it is now one in seven women in australia that have endometriosis for me let's just briefly talk about my endometriosis experience i didn't know i had endometriosis until i went to the fertility specialist and when they scanned my uterus they could see something that looked a little bit like endo but they didn't know until we did a laparoscopy. Let me talk about some of the symptoms that can occur when you are going through endo. So if you have any of these, they're not normal and you should go and get checked immediately. A lot of people just expect that periods are painful but periods should not be painful. You might have a little bit of discomfort, but anything more than like a one or two pain level out of 10 is not normal. And every time I would get my period, I was having pain that was probably an eight. Around an eight. Yeah. Um, And that would not just be when I had my period. That would be 10 days before my period. It would be during sex. It would be after sex. It would be so painful on the day that I got my period. And I've obviously never had a baby because this is a fertility podcast, but I've been told that some of the pain is very similar to contractions. They're some of the symptoms, so pelvic pain, painful periods, pain during sex, and these can vary and be different for each individual. But for me, yeah, it was definitely the painful sex and uh, pain when I got my period, usually the first two days. Um, But I also struggle with cysts on my ovaries. So sometimes I would be confused as to whether the pain was from endometriosis or if it was from one of the cysts that had appeared on my ovaries. And very often those cysts would rupture and that kind of pain is different again. A lot of people have to be taken to the hospital uh, because they can cause internal bleeding. I've never had to go to the hospital, but the pain has been so bad that I have had to go to the doctor and they've had to scan and they've said, yes, you've got a ruptured cyst. And the pain is uh, similar, but that pain usually would push on my nerves, so I would have pain down my leg, a wrap around my back, all in my bottom. It was just it was just really horrible, to be honest. Not nice. And then also with the cyst pain, you can imagine when you're having sex and you're being penetrated, it's pushing on this cyst. And a, you know, a painful cyst or a pimple that you might get on your face, if you press it, it fucking hurts. So that's what it feels like inside your lady parts. It's not fun. It's really shit. So if you have any sort of pain, please just go and get checked because there are amazing doctors out there. I, again, recommend my doctor, Dr. Anoushya Zdani from Eve Fertility Clinic. Uh, He operates out of Brisbane, Australia. But there is also a lot of information online now thanks to Endometriosis Australia. If you just head to their Instagram page, you can have a look at all of the resources that they have attached. Diagnosing endometriosis is really hard. And let me tell you a little story. So, my mum, when she, after she had my sister and I, she had a hysterectomy um, because she was having really heavy, painful periods. It's crazy to me that she had a hysterectomy at like 32 or something like that. She had us quite early. Back then, they didn't have all of the uh, research and information that they have now. So, she might have not had to have a hysterectomy. They might have just been able to do a laparoscopy and clean her out like I have had. There are a number of number of ways to get diagnosed. The first one is if you are having pain, go to the doctor and they can have a little look through an internal ultrasound. It's not painful at all. It's usually just a chat. They insert this thing inside your vagina and have a little look around. Don't be scared of that. <laughs> it's really important that if you are having pain to get all of this stuff checked. I... And my, myself, as well as a lot of other people who are wanting to have a baby get diagnosed when they start their fertility journey. So I was always having painful periods, but I thought that that was just normal and we just suck it up and we keep on going. But it's not. It's not normal. So when we went and started our fertility journey, you have to have everything checked. So Mike had all of his uh sperm checked and uh, did all of his checks, blood tests, whatever, and for the woman you have a internal ultrasound again plus um, blood tests, etc. When they did the internal ultrasound on me, they immediately saw that I had just had a ruptured cyst and I knew – that I had something wrong, but I never knew what it was. So that was amazing because I got to go, oh, cool. I'm not crazy. Mike, I don't not love you. I love you a lot. And I don't not want to have sex with you. It just really fucking hurts. So if there's any other ladies out there who know how that Who knows how that feels? I see you. Um, There was a time there which was like a real struggle because Mike wanted to have sex, but I would literally like be cringing. He'd be like, why are you doing that face? And I'm like, dude, I am in so much pain right now. You have no idea. So when I was diagnosed, I was like, oh my God, see, babe, I told you I'm not crazy. Yeah, so that was really great for him to also understand that I wasn't lying um, because you can't see anything from the outside. It's, It's all underneath. Other ways to get diagnosed are, well, surgery, a laparoscopy. I feel like they're working on it. But the only way to truly see how much endometriosis there is, is through surgery. So I had my surgery in August last year, a laparoscopy, that's what it's called. They make four incisions on your tummy, tiny little micro incisions, one around your belly button, one quite low down where your bikini line sits, and then either side on the right and left where your bikini line sits as well. They then put a little tiny camera inside you, they have a look around, and they, they burn off. It's probably the, not the right terminology, but they remove, they scrape off the endometriosis from your uh, organs, wherever it is. So for me, uh, Dr. Yazdani thought I was maybe a stage two But when they went in, I was stage four, which is the highest category of endometriosis. So the endometriosis can grow everywhere, including there was a study that showed that one woman had endometriosis on her heart, which is crazy. But for me, I had it on my bowel, my bladder, my pouch of Douglas. Didn't even know that was a thing that we have inside us. Yes, but it is. It was also pushing up against both of my fallopian tubes. So again, with the whole fertility stuff, that makes it harder for the egg to pass through. And it was wrapped around and under my ovaries as well. Uh, so they cleared all of that. But the laparoscopy is really the only way that they can proper properly diagnose endometriosis and what stage it's at. Otherwise, yeah, you can only you can't really see it through uh, an internal ultrasound. If you go and see a fertility specialist or if you go and see a doctor about thinking you might have uh, endometriosis, don't worry, they're not gonna knock you out straight away and give you the procedure. There are a lot of discussions that happen before that because for me, I didn't want to have surgery. Surgery was my last port of call. And is port of call a saying Yeah. Okay, great. Um, (laughs) Surgery was my last port of call. When I decided to have surgery, I had done everything else before I got to that point. So before I decided to have the surgery, I had done everything else. So changed my diet, worked on my lifestyle, taken... Panadol, Nurofen, Naprogesiac, all of the strong drugs to try and move through it. But it got to a point where I wasn't. Our sex life was being absolutely. What? How would you say? What would you? How would you describe our sex life? Amazing. Not. Uh, he said amazing. No. Prior to me having endosurgery, non-existent. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> Okay, to be honest, it was not very good. And considering we were trying to make a baby, there weren't many chances that we could make a baby because I was constantly in pain. I had done all of the things and it got to a point in July, June, July last year where I was like, oh, Dr. Yazdani, let's do the surgery. I'm ready now. I'm so sick of this pain. July, I think it was, July the 24th, I had my surgery and... um Yeah, it was about a three week recovery after that, six weeks till I was properly doing stuff again. Uh, And yeah, that changed my life. The surgery was so good, amazing, 100% recommend it. But it's not for everyone because I know everyone has a different story and a different journey. I know some people who've had six endometriosis surgeries within like a three year period. I know some people who've had endo surgery and the endos come back straight away. I'm also fearful that my endo is starting to come back because some of my pain that I was having prior to the surgery is coming back. But honestly, I could go on about this for days. Uh, and there's so much information online about it, but also if you have any questions, you can always reach out to me on my Instagram at Bianca Zupas uh, and we can talk about endo and all of the fun things that are, in, that are involved. But I wanted to briefly touch on some of the causes and theories around what endometriosis is because, again, like I said, only recently have we really started to take it seriously and they're now looking at uh, giving women you know, time off for the pain associated with endometriosis because also it's kind of like a shameful thing as well to go to work and have to say, oh, yeah, I'm having all of this pain um, down below it's not shameful for me, but women feel shame around the topic of endometriosis and um, whatnot not because we, we are meant to just, wow, this has just gotten really um, patriarchal in a way. What I'm trying to say is it's not taken seriously a lot of the time. And it should be because it is debilitating. It is literally de- debilitating. I have had moments where I have been at the gym like running and then I have to stop halfway through the class and take myself to the toilet because the endometriosis pushes on my bowel and it is the most excruciating pain I have ever experienced apart from laser tattoo removal. That's fucked. Don't recommend that. But other than that, it is so bad Uh, and it also lasts for a long time. And unless you take something to stop the pain, there's no, there's no cure or anything. So endometriosis needs to be taken seriously. Anyway, so causes and theories that we are looking at currently, there's a thing called retrograde menstruation, and that is when the menstrual blood uh, containing the endometrial cells flows back through the fallopian tubes and into the pelvic cavity instead of out of the body like a normal period. And then those endometrio, endometrial cells stick to the pelvic walls and surfaces of the pelvic organs. So for me, like the bowel, the bladder, pouch of Douglas, fallopian tubes. And then they grow and continue to thicken and bleed over the course of each menstrual cycle. How messed up does that sound? found Yeah. Yep. It's horrible. Then there is the theory around transformation of peritoneal cells in what's known as the induction theory. And experts propose that hormones or immune factors promote transformation of these peritoneal cells. And these cells, these are cells that line the inner side of your abdomen um, into the endometrial like cells. What else is there? Um, embryonic cell transformation so hormones such as estrogen may transform embryonic cells and cells in the earliest stage of development into endometrial like cell implants during puberty immune system disorder. So any like problems with the immune system that may make the body unable to recognize and destroy endometrial-like tissue that's growing outside the uterus, endometrial cell transport, and this is the when the blood vessels or tissue fluid, the the lymph, lymphatic system may transport endometrial cells to other parts of the body. So there are a number of causes and theories of endometriosis, but none. We don't have any solid facts um, and it's always changing constantly. But also, I'm not a doctor. Uh, I'm an actor and a creative artist. So if you are concerned and want to know more, I would suggest going to the doctor. Because that's not what I do, but I, I do want to try and um, help and explain, and that's good. I'm just practicing uh, for when I have a doctor role one doctor role one day. Yes. Hi. Yeah. I do think you might have endometriosis, and um, I, I actually think that the cause of your endometriosis is the retrograde menstruation, when the menstrual blood containing endometriosal cells. No. See. No. You've got to practice that. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. Does endometriosis impact your daily life? Uh, Around the time of your period? 100%. Yes, it does. If you don't deal with it, constantly is a source of pain and it can cause mental health issues because you can't exercise properly, you can't have sex with your partner or doesn't matter if you're not in a relationship, you just, it just hurts to have sex in general. It's super challenging and because it's not discussed openly and there is still shame around, you know, periods and blood and uteruses, uh, that that's really tough. Yeah, it does cause issues in our daily life. That's why you need to address it. And that's why you need to go and see a doctor if you're having issues, so you can try and get on top of it. Because seriously, after I had my surgery, it made all the difference for me and it really changed uh the way that I felt I wasn't having painful periods I didn't even know my period was coming it would just arrive and it would be like oh hey girl and she would just come in you know do her thing and then she would leave and I would be like wow that was so easy breezy and beautiful and then like sex like not an issue um I'm not going to go into details there because mum listens, but, you know, sex was much better. (laughs) And then, oh, this is the other thing. So around the time that I would be getting my period, if I was teaching, I would freak out because sometimes I would need to take myself to the toilet because the pain was so bad, but I would end up on the toilet for an hour and I would think, oh my gosh, if I get this pain when I'm working... And I'm teaching on my own. I'm going to have to leave my students in the classroom just hanging out whilst I'm sitting on the toilet dying of endopain. Like, I, I shouldn't even have to have that thought. Yes, it does impact your daily life, but it doesn't have to. It does not have to. Treatment options, like I said. You can have a lot of different pain medications, uh, Panadol, Nurofen, all of those kind of things. I would talk to your doctor about that. There's also the whole surgery, go for, have a laparoscopy, changing your diet, hormone supplements that you can take depending on who you are. Again, it changes for the individual depending on what your body may be lacking or needing and your family history, etc. cetera. Now in regards to fertility and pregnancy, there uh, there is research around the idea that it can make it harder to fall pregnant if you suffer with endometriosis. However, it does not make it impossible. I know a lot of people in my circle, in my world who have been diagnosed with endometriosis, have had multiple surgeries and have had Healthy children, one without support from IVF or IUI, and two using uh, fertility drugs, etc., to fall pregnant. How do you manage endometriosis? I think. Like in your life, I think it's really important that you talk about it. Uh, If you are at work and you need time off because you are in pain, instead of lying about being sick or whatnot, I think it's really important to talk about it because the more that we talk about it, the more awareness there is around the disease. It is a disease. And the more comfortable other people are, feel discussing their diagnosis with endometriosis and it just makes it more common. It takes away the stigma and it also allows you to learn and connect with other people. Like I probably wouldn't have even thought I had endometriosis, but I had this conversation with a friend of mine uh, who had just had the surgery and I was telling her all about the pain that I was having and she's literally, her jaw was on the floor with everything that I said. She said, I literally had all of those symptoms, all of them. I was like, really? I thought I was crazy. Talking about it allows people to yet yeah, have more awareness around what endometriosis is and how we can go about getting more funding for it, which means uh, more advocacy for women uh, who are struggling with endometriosis. I feel like I've talked a lot. I hope I've covered everything, um, but I do have some listener questions because I put a little call out on my Instagram for anyone interested or um, anyone that had any questions about what endometriosis is, uh, et cetera. So I'm gonna answer those now. (laughs) Okay, first question is, how does endometriosis affect mental health? Well, obviously it's going to affect everybody differently because people deal with things in their own way. For me, I was constantly, when I was at my worst with endometriosis, this was before my surgery, I think I was constantly thinking about it, particularly around the whole thing. Like I was in a relationship and we wanted to have a baby, but having sex was so painful. So then I was constantly in my head like, oh, my partner doesn't love me. Maybe, you know, he's going to leave me for somebody else because I can't, he's calling out, I love you. I love you too, darling. Um, Just those mind games. The other thing is, when when your period is coming the fear around the pain that you are going to experience when your period is coming. So sometimes I would wake up in the middle of the night feeling really nauseous and stuff like that. And then the whole thing with going to work and needing to get up and go to the toilet for an hour, I would be anxious about that. I would be constantly uh, in fear and, and not being able to go to the gym. So that really affects me. I've spoken about that in my previous podcast episodes. And with endometriosis, certain types of exercise really cause, and kind of stir up the pain. So anything high intensity like running or um, hit, they make the pain worse and kind of bring it on. Whereas anything like Pilates or yoga, um, those low impact uh, sports are much better. Yeah, it does affect your mental health. But for me, talking about it, uh, speaking with my doctor, and then going forth and actually doing something about it has really made a difference. Uh, the next question is, are there support groups or organisations for people with endometriosis? There are a bunch of different Facebook groups online for people that struggle with endometriosis where people pop questions uh, around pain and um, you know what they're going through and people answer those. For me, those Facebook groups are not good because uh, I get really anxious when I read uh, anything about kind of health things. I used to be really um, like I would look up on Google Doctor all of the time Um, and self-diagnose things. But yes, there are heaps of Facebook groups out there. So if that possibly helps you, so you can connect with a community of people who are going through something similar, uh, you can reach out there. Otherwise, there are amazing resources online. Again, I will repeat, if you head to the Endometriosis Australia Instagram page, they have a link. And on that link is all of the resources um, and information that you can check instead of just Google doctoring stuff and reading stuff online, I highly recommend finding a doctor that you connect with, that you can have open discussions with about treatment options or the types of different type of pain that you're having and ways that you can move forward past that so it doesn't control your entire life. It's really important. Next question is, what can friends and family do to support someone with endometriosis? I think that's a great question. I think Number one, for those people that do struggle with endometriosis, sometimes it's really hard for people to believe that you are actually in pain because they can't see it, right? So if someone tells you that they are struggling, they're having pain, first of all, agree, holy, I'm so sorry, that's really shit. That sounds horrible. Have you thought about going to a doctor? And just asking them if there's anything that you can do to support them. I think that's always the best way. Um, What can I do to support you and what you're going through? Because it's their journey. But yeah, just also believing, (laughs) believing them. I think that was one of the hardest things for me is I didn't feel like, people believed the pain that I was having until I had the surgery and it was confirmed that it was stage four. And that's just, that's just a bit shit, isn't it? It's a bit shit. We've got two more questions for the day. Second, last question. Is it possible to live a fulfilling life with endometriosis? Uh, Yes. We go through life. People are diagnosed with different diseases and sicknesses, and we we push forward and we we move on. It doesn't define who we are. Um there are amazing doctors out there that can support you. You might have to change your lifestyle, which you know can sometimes be a challenge for people, but in the long run, it's only going to benefit you and make your life more fulfilling. So yes, totally 100% possible to live a fulfilling life with endometriosis when you're in the depths of pain and suffering. Yep, hard to see past that, definitely. <laughs> But yes, 100% possible to live a fulfilling life with endometriosis. For those wondering how they can raise awareness about endometriosis and support the community, one, talk about it. If you have endometriosis, please talk about it because you might be at brunch with your girlfriends and the girl sitting opposite you might be having really bad pain, but she just thinks it's a painful period. But you go, hey, girl, um, I've had two laparoscopies and I discovered that I had stage four endometriosis and I've had surgery now and that pain's gone and I'm on my way to living a more fulfilling life. So please don't feel any shame around the pain that you are having Uh, please be open to chatting about it because it's only going to uh, help other women struggling with this disease. Any final thoughts, Bianca Zupas? I'm talking to myself in the third person on the topic of endometriosis. I feel like I've covered most of the questions, the concerns, the theories around endo, what it is, how it exists. For me, this episode was really important because endometriosis has affected my fertility journey. Moving forward, we've had the surgery, we're doing all of the things to make ourselves better. Anyway, I think it's time for me to go. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode all about endometriosis. Please remember, I'm not a doctor, so don't take any of my doctor lingo and try and diagnose somebody else. Go and see a professional. Seek professional help. That's what I'm saying. Anyways, always welcome you in my DMs on Instagram, at Bianca Zupers. Please feel free to reach out. I will be back very soon. I'm gonna be interviewing my husband on the next episode about his perspective on our IVF journey. So if that sounds of interest to you, please check that out. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. I'm sending you love, healing vibes. If you are on your own fertility journey, Go and get that baby. I hope it grows inside your uterus. I love you all. Have a beautiful, beautiful week, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. For more information about moi, head to www.biancazupas.com and you can check out what else I'm doing because I'm still living my life, girl. I'm still living my life. I've got shows coming up. I have this ridiculous character on TikTok, Katrina, the real wogwife, and I am about to do a Christmas special because Christmas is three months away. So head to the website, check out all of the details and yeah, maybe I'll see you in my audience. That would be fun. Ciao for now. Bye.